0: These teaching podcasts also serve as a conversation starter for deeper engagement at House Church. We're glad you're listening. Hey, everyone, this is Ben. Uh, Before I get to the teaching for this week, I wanted to highlight a couple of important opportunities and announcements. Hopefully, you haven't missed these in your email. Uh, Next Sunday, August 16th at 8 p.m., we'll be having a town hall meeting via Zoom. We hope everybody from Renew can uh, join into that call. We know it's been a while since we've all been together and we want to discuss updates happening in the life of our church. Uh, So please connect with us. Join us for that town hall meeting, August 16th at 8 p.m. The link for that will be in the weekly email. Also coming up at the end of the month, August 30th, that's a fifth Sunday. We're really excited for baptism and also to gather together collectively for worship uh, and celebration. will be at Branchwood Park on Sunday, August 30th. So please plan to join us for that uh, beautiful celebration. Also a few other things coming up Saturday, August 8th, uh, which may be uh, May have already passed by the time you listen to this, but uh, hopefully for the women, uh, you get a chance to meet up at Fisher's Park. That's happening at 10 a.m. Uh, check out details in the weekly email. Uh, also, just a reminder that our morning Zoom prayer calls continue to happen Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Uh, feel free to join us for that. Uh, and then Tuesday night prayer is continuing to happen with Tim and Cindy leading that. Uh, and then Wednesday evening, there's also a Zoom call as as folks are praying through the book of Ecclesiastes, and you can, even if you haven't participated, you can still jump in uh, with that discussion and prayer. Uh, with that, let's jump into chapter 17 of John. This is such a, a rich and beautiful and full chapter. I mean, all of these chapters are, but I, I love chapter 17. Um and we see some of the the things that we've seen in the previous chapters echoed throughout this chapter, uh, and and to be honest, there's a ton that that could be taught on. There's a there's a ton of teaching material within chapter 17, a lot for us to unpack and discuss, and and hopefully we'll have a time to do that together in house church as well. Um, some of these things, the glory of God and the glory of Jesus. And how we, the community of Jesus followers, are given that glory. We are invited into sharing the glory of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Verse one starts off: "Father, glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you." And so we see this uh, reciprocal um, glorifying going on, and it's beautiful. And, and it reminds me of of the statement in the in the Westminster Westminster Confession. It says the chief end of humanity is to glorify. God and enjoy God forever. Uh, Glorifying God is right in the center of of how John shapes his gospel and how Jesus brings glory to God and God is glorifying Jesus. And we, uh, because of what Jesus does for us, we get to enter into that glory. In this chapter, we also see eternal life. Jesus says that eternal life is knowing the true God and Jesus Christ whom the Father sent. Uh, So entering into that relationship uh, is eternal life that we experience now and also uh, continues after death. Uh, There's protection. Jesus uh, puts our protection right into God's hands Um, as he's about to leave the earth. gives the community of faith over to God for protection. Jesus also uh, speaks and prays about our holiness, uh, that we are sanctified by Jesus, by what he has done. We are made holy by his holiness. And we are set apart for God's mission. So in this holiness, we're, we have the forgiveness of sins. And then we have the transformation of us so that we're not just left in that sin, but transformed into Christ's likeness. And then there's also this missional aspect of, of the holiness that so we are set apart for a reason. We are sent into the world just as Jesus was sent into the world. And Jesus also mentions joy, um, that we would have the full measure of his joy within us. And one of the biggest things that's often taught about from from John 17 is is unity. It it echoes throughout uh, this chapter that all of Jesus' followers would be one, just as he and the Father are one. And he mentions that our unity is to reflect and image the unity of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. No small task, but we share in that unity. We are invited into that unity, into that, Intimate communion relationship of mutuality, of reciprocity, of self-giving love. Uh, what, a, what a timely prayer for us. Jesus prays for our unity with all that's going on in our world. Uh, I can't think of a better prayer than for the unity of, of Jesus' followers. And certainly unity is is an important teaching for the church. It is clearly something that Jesus cares about that he would pray about this to the father. And he points to unity as a key to the world, knowing and believing, faithing in Jesus. The world would come to faith in Jesus because the church is united, because brothers and sisters are loving one another to the extent that Jesus loves us. And that's that's where unity is rooted. It's rooted in Jesus' command, love one another. And and I was thinking back to all of the one another statements throughout the New Testament, these statements that we actually read together as a church a number of months ago. And most, if not all of them, are key practices for the sake of unity, for the sake of being bound together in love, a loving unity that reflects the unity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But. But if we're looking for a teaching on unity and how to practice unity, we should probably actually look elsewhere, other than John 17. Uh, I think of Ephesians. Ephesians would be great. We actually been reading through Ephesians over the past week in the in the morning prayer Zoom calls. Uh, And it's such a key theme in Ephesians as Paul writes about this mystery of how through Jesus, this miraculous unity takes place between Gentiles and Jews, between people of all different uh, ethnicities. And, And Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, humility, gentleness, patience, love, key ingredients to unity. But alas, teaching on unity is not really the point of this chapter, of chapter 17 in John. In fact, uh, teaching is not the point of this chapter at all. That's not to say there aren't things we can't learn from this chapter, things that we shouldn't pay attention, but I fear I've actually already said too much to take away from the heart of this chapter because this chapter isn't a teaching. In chapters 14 through 16, Jesus is teaching his disciples and teaching us, but chapter 17 isn't a teaching. Verse one doesn't say, then Jesus walked up to the pulpit and taught. It doesn't say Jesus grabbed a microphone and began uh, teaching. Says Jesus looked toward heaven and prayed. I'm sure there there may be a joke here about pastors' prayers that somehow morph into teaching. I'm sure you've never heard a prayer like that. No, I I am I'm, I'm definitely sure Doug has never done that. And I know I've I've never done that. Oh. I'm being facetious, of course. Somehow we we start praying and forget we're communing with God and start thinking about the people around us and what we think they need to hear. It happens, and I'm sorry. But back to the point. Chapter 17 isn't Jesus teaching, it's Jesus praying. Sit with that for a second. Jesus praying. Communing with God the Father. In prayer. And the disciples get to listen. They get to be swept up into this prayer of Jesus. And we have this prayer through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We have this prayer written down. So we get to be swept up into Jesus communing with his Father for us on our behalf, but also inviting us into that. Uh, one scholar noted that we are involved uh, just as much as the disciples in this, that this, this space is for Jesus and the Father to have their narrative moment together, and we are just bystanders. But uh, I'm not sure that fully captures it because we're not just bystander. We're not just eavesdropping on this conversation. We are participating. Because because we are the people Jesus is praying for and what he prays for us, what he's praying for us is actually, I believe, being enacted as we witness this prayer. Jesus prays, I have given them, I have given my followers the glory that you gave me. I've given it to them that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. Father, I want those who have you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. And the reality is that Jesus is praying, let them be with me where I am to see my glory. And I can't help but think that the disciples are with Jesus where he is, communing with the Father, seeing his glory, As they have this sacred moment of prayer together. Several times in John, Jesus talks about how he's talking out loud to God for the sake of those around him. And that's happening here. Really, this is the answer to the disciples' first question to Jesus way back in chapter one. Rabbi, where are you abiding? To which Jesus says, come and see He abides with the Father. He communes with the Father. And God loves Jesus. Jesus loves God. And that is the central point of this chapter and really the whole of John, that the Father loves the Son and the Son loves the Father. And because of the Son's love for the Father, he is completely obedient, completely aligned with and unified with the will of God, which demonstrates the extent of God's love for us. And so we are invited into that love. For God so loved the world that he sent his unique Son. And the disciples, then, and us today, as we read and hear Jesus praying for us, are invited in not just to hear the prayer, but to experience God's love for us and Jesus' love for God and their love for us. Experience God's love for Jesus. Jesus' love for God and their love for us to experience the intimacy of Father and Son, to witness and even share in their glory. We are the community for whom Jesus prays. And so we give Jesus and God this narrative moment, as Gail O'Day, biblical scholar, writes. They need this narrative moment of intimate communication. So we give it to them, but we're also invited into that. We're invited into this relationship as Jesus enacts the very things he prays for. So there are plenty of things for us to reflect on from Jesus' prayer. Uh, but I, the key is for us to be swept up. And in a lot of ways, I think this feels like John's account of the transfiguration. You know, the other gospels talk about Jesus going up to a mountain to pray. And as he's praying, he his form is transfigured. He's transformed in, in the company of just a few of his disciples. And John doesn't record that account, but he does write down this beautiful prayer with the disciples as a captive audience and with us now being able to be swept up into this. So although there's plenty of things for us to pay attention to, plenty of things that Jesus prays about that we can reflect on, and we can reflect on how the Son communicates with the Father he loves, but the chief thing is that we primarily receive the gift of Jesus praying for us. And so I want to close by reading the words of Jesus, the beloved son to the father, an intimate prayer, communion and communication. I know you may be listening to this while you're driving or while you're working, uh, while you're doing other things. And so that might not work well. So I I would encourage you to find a time where you can listen to this or read it um, in a quiet moment that allows you to be fully swept up into the fact that Jesus is praying for you. So may you be swept up in the communion of Jesus with the Father as Jesus prays for you. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given to me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.